is up, everybody, and welcome in. It is 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing, and alongside me this week, tagging back in for another round. You know, we, we liked him so much last time, we figured we'd bring him back every now and then. Uh, Dominic Jose Bazonio, not available this week, but uh, to fill in, as always, uh, my, I guess, secondary partner in crime on this podcast, Carter Hofer. Carter, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeremy? I'm good. I'm good. We are here for episode 134 of the podcast. A lot to get to in the world of Minnesota soccer. A lot of Minnesota United news on, and it turns out, off the field as well for Minnesota to talk about. Uh, We have a big match against Chicago coming up this weekend. Well, what could be a big match against Chicago coming up this weekend, depending on certain availability. We'll get to that in a bit as well. We got signings for Minneapolis City, Minnesota Aurora, Rochester FC. We have cup sets galore in the U.S. Open Cup to get to, some with local implications as well. So we will get to all of that as we move along in the podcast. But of course, Before we get to the news, before we get to all the information, got to let you know, if you're not subscribed to the podcast feed, please do so. Doesn't just let you know when a new episode of 10,000 Pitches drops every Friday. Also lets you know when we drop a new episode of Post Loons, our Minnesota United post-match show. Man, if you guys are tuning into Post Loons this year, thank you guys so much. Whether you're tuning in live, whether you're tuning in on Twitter, whether you're tuning in on YouTube, whether you're tuning in on the podcast, we are seeing like record-breaking numbers of in terms of people tuning in contributing to the show um just taking in that content so we really really appreciate it guys we've been up in the top 70 on the apple podcast charts because of that multiple times in the last uh, couple months since the season started so to see that for like a, a very localized project like ours we're like the small business of of soccer media if you will um to see us charting like that and to see all the interests there for that content we really, really appreciate it. And if you think somebody else would be uh, you know, interested in that, who maybe doesn't know about it, or maybe just hasn't checked us out, be a friend, tell a friend. We'd really appreciate that as well. Um, if you are watching live on patreon.com slash soda soccer, thank you so much. Again, we go live here on the 10,000 Pitches podcast for our patrons. So if you are a patron in the 5 or $10 tiers at patreon.com slash soda soccer, you get to tune into the podcast live. You can ask questions if you'd like. Um, and, uh, any of our patron tiers, you'll be able to get access to the podcast early after we're live as well, before it drops on Friday mornings, but however you tune in, whenever you tune in, uh, thank you so much. And speaking of Patreon, if you want to support the great work we're doing, um, we just sent Jacob Schneider down to St. Louis for the St. Louis city match, which we will get to in just a moment. He was able to get some, you know, exclusive tidbits, exclusive quotes from Adrian Heath, Will Trap that you're not going to get anywhere else. Um, if you want to support that work and, you know, ensure that we can keep doing things like that as the season progresses for, you know, more road matches as the season progresses, make sure that you are supporting us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash soda soccer. Um, we would like to, I'm not, yeah. Okay. You know what? Screw it. We're going to make this a formal challenge. I am, I am doing this right now. I'm just off the top of my head. We want to get to 60 patrons by the end of April. We need 12 to get there. So if you want to support us and want to help us hit that goal, we will go to another road match. We will go, you know what? We'll go down to Kansas city on May 13th. That's what we will do. If we hit 60 patrons by the end of April on May 13th, we will go down and cover uh, Minnesota United and, and uh, sporting Kansas city down in KC on site, getting that exclusive content that we can only get by being there in person. So if you want to make sure we can do that, you like that exclusive content and uh, you're not a patron, become a patron. But again, if you are a patron and you think somebody else 
uh, could benefit from being one. Make sure you're being a friend, telling a friend, sharing us on social media, doing what we have to do to spread the word about patreon.com slash soda soccer. I will shut up about Patreon in just a second, but one last thing. Um, if, if you're a patron, you already know this, but if you're not, we also give you not only early access to podcasts, you're also not just supporting our work. You get kind of exclusive news and tidbits that we get from Minnesota United training sessions. Um, you know, we, we put up a match day thread every single match day, um, different things like that. So it's early access, but also some exclusive tidbits. We want to, we want to thank those who support us as much as humanly possible. So um, if you want some, you know, exclusive things, you're not going to find anywhere else as far as tidbits from training. And, and of course on match day, you can check us out again, patreon.com slash soda soccer. All right. Shutting up about Patreon. We are now getting into the news and headlines. You ready for this Carter? Absolutely. Let's roll. All right. So where else are we going to start? A 1-0 win for Minnesota United in St. Louis. It's the Loon's third straight road win to start the season. Three road matches, nine points from those matches. Pretty crazy. Dallas, Colorado, and St. Louis all wins on the road to start the campaign. Um, it was the 4-4-2, again, from Heath. And based off of what, what we've said in training or what we've asked Heath in training and what he's been saying about this, it ain't going anywhere, this 4-4-2. Um, it was Amaria and Garcia up top again. Fraga and Bongi on the wings. Trapping Ariaga in the middle. DJ Taylor starts at right back for Zarek Valentin in this one. And then you get Tapias and Boxall at center back and Kamar Lawrence on the left. I personally really like the 4-4-2 for this team. I think the only thing that we could see different and might make it a little bit more optimal is maybe have Robin Ludd be that second striker next to whether it's Amaria or Garcia. I'm probably leaning Garcia of those two still right now, even with Amaria's goal on Saturday. But but what say you, Carter? What say you to the potential Lud and potentially let's say Lud and Garcia up top in the four four two for Minnesota moving forward? You know, I definitely think that it's a possibility, especially with what we saw from Lud last year when he played yeah. in the striker that false nine position. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, absolutely. But I would also like to see this maybe transition to more of a four two four rather than a four four two. Really allow Fred and Bongi to get up and then just yep. allow all four of the attackers to just mingle. I think that would help a lot of our attackers, including both of our strikers, Garcia and um, Amaria, because they're not strikers in the traditional sense. They both yeah. like to do different things. Amaria is very hold up and then run off of it. Garcia likes to make runs. So he's mm -hmm. not going to be that like strong, give me the ball. I'm going to do this thing. I think that getting that up into that four two four gives them the chance to play to their abilities. Yeah. So I, th I think I think there's something to that, and I also think this this four four two could also be flexible enough where it can exchange between those two within the match. Like maybe they defend in a four four two, but a, uh, attack in more of a four two four, if you Absolutely. will. Um, I saw at times the formation sort of mold into a four three three in defense uh, at certain times in the match as well. So I think it gives the loons for for a lot of the other positives it gives both defensively and, and in the attack for this team. I also think it gives it gives them a lot of flexibility in how they can move things around within the match, which I think you know flexibility has been a cornerstone of what Adrian Heath you know wants in his system mm -hmm. with the players, with the way he's set up. So um, I think that definitely aligns. Um, speaking of Robin Lud, we did not obviously did not see him in this one. He was out with an illness, 
Um, he was just not able to get, get ready in time. You know, I have to imagine travel to and from for international duty probably played a factor in that. One thing Adrian Heath did tell us last week uh, with both Wood and Boxall sort of being ill during the week, he kept those guys the hell away from the rest of the team. Uh, you know, we've seen situations with the Timberwolves earlier this year, I think, where there was a, a, a just a, a bug that went all through the locker room and they're missing four or five guys for a match. You know, obviously not something you can afford for Minnesota United when you're already missing your best player. So, you know, good on them for recognizing that early and, and you know, sort of a quarantine situation, if you mm. will. Uh, but Lud just wasn't able to get back, you know, get, get healthy enough to make the trip. Uh, Michael Boxall was, and we saw him start. We saw him play a significant role, significant amount of time in this team. So that was good. Um, but we also didn't see Sane Ben Jong in this one. We were really hoping, and it seemed really, really, Heath seemed really optimistic early in the week last week that Jong would be able to make his debut. He had his visa appointment um, the previous Sunday, and it was successful. And so they thought, okay, all he has to do is get his passport back, and he's good to go. But, I mean, this is this is immigration we're talking about. It's a process. Uh, mm-hmm. There was I feel like soccer fans probably know more about immigration than like the general like sports fan in another sport or just the general human being because of how many players come in from internationally and things like this. Uh, but we kind of got our, you know, we've gotten our glimpse through, uh, you know, these past couple of years with international signings of how this, this process can work immigration. You think one thing and then the next day, all of a sudden it's like, Oh no, we're not going to get him back, but maybe we will, but maybe we won't. We booked him these flights. Hopefully he can get on one of them and get back in time. Oh, maybe he's going to meet us in St. Louis. Uh, but it just didn't end up happening. He wasn't able to get his passport back in time to get back. So he is, uh, you know, presumably going to make his debut this Saturday against Chicago. Uh, I'm sure we will get to in a minute, but let's kind of get into the match as far mm-hmm. as Minnesota and St. Louis goes. It was Luis Amaria earning and finishing a PK in the 78th minute for the lone goal. Uh, probably one of the worst tackles mm-hmm. I have ever seen in my life by it Kyle Hebert. I was so I was watching the uh, MLS recap or MLS mm-hmm. whatever where the, they just kind of like go through all the wrap matches. around yeah yeah where they kind of go through all the matches and and uh, recap them in like you know thirty seconds or whatever the the guy whoever the voiceover guy is for this particular piece of content from MLS was not kind to Kyle Hebert uh, in this <laughs> in this circumstance nor should he be and nor were mm-hmm. John Marthal or I on post loons on Saturday. Um, the ball's 10 yards away. He just completely takes out Amaria in the box. Uh, throws his hands up like he didn't do anything. Uh, that was my favorite part. Uh, but Amaria buries the PK in the 78th. And that was, I mean, that was that was the scoring. That was it. 1-0. Mm-hmm. Minnesota United win. That's all they needed. Um, and on St. Louis's side, despite 16 shots, the host finished with just three on target and an XG of 0.93. And this is how Minnesota United is going to win matches and get results. They're going to rely heavily on the defensive half, rely heavily on, you know, whoever their defensive midfielders are. In this case, it was Trapanariaga. I can't imagine that's going to change as we move forward, which is another reason why I might see Lud as that second striker, because I think Trapanariaga are maybe your ideal central midfield at this point. Um, you're going to rely on them to kind of be that front point of the defense. You're also going to rely on your strikers to play a role in the defense too, right? I mean, we saw Amri and Garcia back pressing like crazy in mm-hmm. this one, uh, which is what, you know, this collective defending is a huge reason. And even if those lines get broken, you have, you know, Boxall and Tapias in the middle of that back line, which, 
you know, I don't think we've seen a back line this sturdy, this brick wallish since Ike Opara was on this team. Like it's very, very just the collective defending, everybody picking each other up. This is how Minnesota Minnesota United is going to win games. They're not going to go win four nil. They're not going to just blow the doors off anybody. They're not going to go and score two MLS goal of the week type type goals and worldies that'll show up on SC top 10 or whatever. That's not going to be their style this, this year. It's going to be collective defending and then just finding a way to get a goal. Anyhow, mm-hmm. any way you possibly can, um, which you know what that worked in 2019, they hosted a playoff game. This is, you know, a, from my vantage point, top to bottom, no disrespect to the 2019 team, a marginally better roster mm-hmm. top to bottom in 2023. I can't imagine that wouldn't be successful, you know, long-term for this team as we move forward as well. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that 2019, that was also the year we made our U S open cup run where yep. we lost in the final to Atlanta. So it's, it's a proven, proven way for the loons to win. Obviously we haven't done it in a bit once, since we've had Reynoso, <laughs> but now Reynoso is gone and it's something that we can fall back on. And uh, to your point on our defending, uh, both Dane St. Clair and Michael Boxel made the MLS team of the week this week. Mm-hmm. It's they were that impactful in the St. Louis game. And yeah, that's all you can ask from them. So yep. I do expect to see that be the game plan going forward for however long we don't have Reynoso. And we usually can find a way to get those goals. We should have had two. Garcia mm-hmm. put one off the post and then Amaria on that rebound, who oh. knows where he was aiming. Yikes. Yeah. But I would expect them to put those away more often than not. Adrian, I asked I asked Adrian Heath this week and he didn't take exception to the question, but he seemed a little surprised by it. I asked him, you know, does the, do the defensive responsibilities for your strikers, do they potentially negatively impact the attacking output that they can provide with them expending more energy back pressing and in defense? Does that potentially, um, you know, is one of the byproducts of that, maybe not as many finished chances. And he responded, he said, look, if we weren't creating chances, I'd be more concerned by that. But we're creating chances. It's just the final touch that we're missing. And it's hard to blame him. I mean, that's what that's the one thing Minnesota United is lacking without Amano Reynoso that maybe they won't be able to um, to make up for is when they get to the position where it's time to make that final pass that's going to spring the goal or just make that final touch that's going to you know put the ball in the back of the net. That is where this team is sort of is, is lacking right now. And I'm not sure without Reynoso how they how they solve that particular issue. I think with all the good on every single other you know end and side and, and area of the pitch that we've seen, I think the the positives outweigh the negatives there. But if Minnesota United is going to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs again, or you know. If they're going to whatever, whatever shortcoming this team may face, not not saying they will, but if that happens, if they do face some sort of shortcoming where they don't make as deep of a playoff run as they want to, or maybe God forbid they find themselves on the, on the outside looking in at the end of it, that is going to be the area that kind of costs them in that regard. But at the same time, I think if the rest of the pitch keeps performing the way they are defensively, um, I don't necessarily see that being a major issue, but it is something to look out for. Can they start finishing these chances? They're creating opportunities. Can they mm-hmm. start finishing them? 
Always the hardest part of soccer, isn't it? It is. It is. Goals change games. And if you can't get a goal, you're not going to change the game. So, um, but I will say another note on this match. We've seen a lot of criticism of this team. And, you know, I guess that goes to Adrian Heath specifically as a manager as well in recent years of them not, you know, being out adjusted, if you will, quote unquote, out adjusted at halftime. Seems like whoever the team, whoever they were playing would make the better adjustments at halftime and be the better second half team than Minnesota. I would argue in St. Louis, Minnesota was once again, the better second half team. I would argue for the five matches this season, they have been marginally better in the second half. I'm including the Red Bulls match in there. They started really slow. They gave up that early, um, that, that early uh, uh, corner kick, excuse me, corner kick goal um, against the Red Bulls in the second half, but they were the better team for a vast majority of the second half in that match. I think the only match that they haven't been the better second half team for the, for the full 45 plus was really the Vancouver match. Um, that was pretty obvious. Uh, but I think all in all, you know, whatever adjustments are being made at half. And I think we saw it specifically in this one where, you know, wasn't looking too optimistic at halftime for Minnesota. They were, they were really on the, on the back foot. St. Louis was creating a lot of chances Minnesota created a couple chances themselves, but had some real woof moments in finishing those. Um, we saw Minnesota adjust at half. And against this pretty relentless St. Louis press, they were able to find a way, whatever adjustment they made at half, whatever, whether it was Heath, whether it was the players, whether it was the coaching staff, whatever combination of them, they were able to make push that right button to start breaking that press and start getting in behind and starting creating more chances and really almost use St. Louis's press as like a, a positive for Minnesota and find a way to really spring past, break those lines. And if you're able to break St. Louis's press, you're going to find yourself in really advantageous situations towards goal. And that's what Minnesota was doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you've got to be happy to see it. Just like mm -hmm. you said, everyone, Everyone hasn't been very high up on Heath because of his adjustments, because of making subs too late, because of all of that. But you're absolutely right. Our second half was the much better half against St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we saw it pay off. You you eventually, you end up getting the goal. You hold it down at the end. You could argue St. Louis may, you know, maybe should have finished at least one of those chances they had down, down the stretch, but they didn't. You do the job. You get the win. It's your third straight road win. And you're undefeated now through five. You're feeling really good. We'll get to the Reynoso off the field stuff in a minute, but I kind of want to bring this back into the fold because I think it is an ongoing question that Minnesota United fans are asking themselves. And honestly, in some way, shape, or form, we're starting to ask the team this in, in training as well, whether it's the players, whether it's Heath. We're trying to find ways to bring this up and, and trying to find ways to, to kind of figure this out for ourselves. But, I mean, we talked about the collective defending, right? I mean, all 11 players are participating in, in, in the defense. Mano Reynoso isn't really much of a defender, <laughs> you know? So in a, in a world where Reynoso comes back, does his unwillingness to defend negatively impact this team in that regard, right? I think the ultimate question is, is Minnesota United actually better off without Emmanuel Reynoso? And from a talent standpoint, no. But from a, a collective unit standpoint, from a cohesion standpoint, from just a vibes standpoint, we saw the dance party. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys watching have all saw the dance party video uh, on Minnesota United's Twitter, but check it out if you haven't. I mean, this team really enjoys being together, enjoys playing together. 
there is just a camaraderie in this team that we really haven't seen in their MLS tenure. And we've, you know, we've heard the the stories and the reports of of Reynoso being a bit of a uh, having a laissez-faire approach. I believe was the uh, the term used to to the game and to defending specifically to his job. Um, you know, we've heard reports and rumors of him being sort of, being sort of a prima donna, um, not willing to maybe put in that extra work. But from a from a cohesion, from a camaraderie, from a collective unit standpoint, I don't think we've seen Minnesota this together since they joined MLS. Honestly, I think the more that games that we play, the more that we do things this season, the less controversial it is to say that we are better off without Reno. So mm-hmm. I think that oftentimes his lack of return to the back and uh, defending did cost the team last year, but obviously his attacking is great. But I start seeing things like Ariaga playing Mender Garcia through against St. Louis Yep. for him to make that chance. And I think I'd rather have Ariaga creating and defending than Reynoso just creating. Yep. And I think the big question will be, and we'll get to the Reynoso stuff that maybe impacts this, this hypothetical scenario. But I think the question will be if, 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 if Reynoso does come back this year, can they insert him in a way that's going to kind of keep this collective unit together? Or will it be the same old, give the ball to Ray, everybody else run towards goal, and we'll see what happens? That's the question for me. And is that a better approach than what they are currently doing? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to argue for that right now. It really is hard to argue for that. You you can't say 100% either way, obviously, but it's hard to argue that the give the ball to Ray and get out of the way approach or give the ball to Ray and go towards the box approach is better than, than what we're seeing from a, from a, a, from an, especially from a defensive standpoint, you know, we didn't see much strikers back pressing last year. We didn't see much, you know, much of that. It really was, on that back six, a lot of pressure was put on that back six to, to hold down the fort. And without Ariaga, a lot of pressure was put on that back four to hold down the, the fort. And then Bakai Debasi gets injured, and all of a sudden your back four, no disrespect to Brent Coleman at all. He has been very, very good when he has been called upon in, in depth situations and spot starts and things like that. But when you're relying on him for an extended period of time, it almost becomes a back three at that point. And you're relying on three players to defend. It's just that doesn't that doesn't work, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna be that team, you need kind of everybody to participate in that in that defensive strategy, that defensive mindset, that defensive approach. And we're seeing that so far this year. And to me, that's the reason. That is the reason. Adrian Heath even said that is the reason this team is undefeated because this team is defending collectively and finding a way to score goals. That's it. Or score enough goals to get results. That's it. And I don't know if we, I don't know if we see that without Reynoso. And it's hard to compare. I mean, it's kind of a hypothetical question, you know, in the in the timeline where Emmanuel Reynoso is is has been practicing and is on this team. I mean, are they are they better, worse, same points wise, results wise so far this season? It's hard to compare. But I mean, undefeated through five, it's hard to imagine they'd be any better. I don't think you can get much better than eleven through five. With yeah. Reynoso. I mean, I don't think you get 15 through five with Reynoso. So, yeah. 
Maybe they I mean, like maybe blast, some more goals. Yeah, maybe they like blast Colorado five one instead of like coming back in the second half to grind out a two one win. But honestly, that might be that might be the one match that is impacted. But it's a match they got three points in anyways. So you might see it in Vancouver too, since Reynoso yeah. won't have been on international duty. But yeah, that's still a big big question mark with him playing with who was there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, who may be there for the Chicago Fire on Saturday is Zerdan Shakiri. Uh, excuse me, Zerdan Shakiri. Wow, words. I actually haven't said his full name in a long time, like out loud. I've written about him, and you usually just use Shakiri when you're talking about him. Mm. Uh, Zerdan Shakiri could be back for the Chicago Fire on Saturday. Uh, the latest report I saw from you know Fire training sessions this week said he's a quote unquote possibility to return on Saturday, which could obviously be a problem for Minnesota United and a, another big test for them defensively. The one like addition to this though is there is a 19-year-old kid who has been playing extremely well in Shakiri's absence. Brian Gutierrez. Um, you know, foot mob stats-wise, he has been the best player on the field for this team in Shakiri's absence. He has two assists in the last two matches for this team during kind of their their run of uh of form. They got four points in the last two matches without Shakiri in the lineup, a win and a draw. So this team has kind of a found found a way to kind of do it without him in the short term, but he's one of those guys. I mean, he's one of the highest paid players in MLS for a reason. He's the highest paid signing in Chicago fire history. You know, he is going to make an impact. He is a playmaker for the Chicago fire team. Has he lived up to the contract that he was given? Not quite, but he still could be a problem for Minnesota. And this kind of brings in a scenario where Gutierrez is playing so good. You could potentially have Shakiri and Gutierrez both on the field in the lineup at the same time. And again, they, and just another challenge for this Minnesota United defense. And on the road, it's something they're going to have to be ready for. The fire haven't been ultra impressive, but with those two attackers potentially in the lineup for Chicago, they're going to, that defense is going to have to be on their A game if they want to try to grind out another result. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a big, big challenge here, even without Shakiri. Um, the fire are very in and out right now, but mm. they are capable of these massive three goal performances before they got blanked by DC United. They dropped three on Miami and three on Cincinnati who mm. not necessarily like upper echelon Cincinnati. If you ask, if you ask a lot of people are a supporter shield favorite this year. So. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see what Minnesota United does, who plays where, and what our defense is going to look like going into this game. Yeah. One win, three draws and one loss on the year for Chicago. So as you mentioned, Carter, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a mixed bag for them early on in the season. Um, Adrian Heath indicated earlier this week, they are preparing as if Shakiri is going to play. Um, so if that, that says anything, I think, I think it's better to prepare for him to play and him not be in the lineup than vice versa. So <laughs> probably a good call on their part. Uh, but again, that's Saturday, seven 30 soldier field in Chicago. Um, and we'll have post loons for you after that one, uh, right around 1030 central time uh, here on uh, on our YouTube channel, on our Twitter channel. And obviously you can check out the podcast as always after the fact on the podcast feed. All right. That is it for Minnesota United on the field news. Now we are going to get to uh, what we some new information we got on the Emmanuel Reynoso situation. So um, Planeta Boca Juniors, um, which is the kind of the, the Boca you know main news site if you will, kind of independent news site about the team. 
um, came out with a report yesterday. And there are a few pieces of information on this report. There was some, you know, some personal information about Reynoso that was included in the report, which you can go check out if you would like. We're not going to necessarily get into that here. But there is some information you know, regarding Minnesota United and his potential future with the Loons, specifically that I think it is important to note. The first being, um, you know, reportedly in this in this particular write-up, it says that Minnesota could be looking to block Reynoso from playing elsewhere over the remainder of his contract, which is through the end of 2026. Um, I don't MLS is weird enough where I don't don't know necessarily I don't necessarily know what positive implications could come from that from a team standpoint. Maybe it's salary relief, maybe it's getting the DP spot back, maybe it's you know whatever it is. You know, but they're according to this report looking into, you know, talking to FIFA and looking into the possibility of potentially essentially extending his suspension through the rest of his contract, which he just extended last year. Um, so that is important to note. And, you know, I reading into this again, this not, this wasn't necessarily completely spelled out in the report, but just sort of reading the tea leaves here. can't imagine this has a positive impact on the likelihood that he returns for Minnesota United this season. Yeah, I mean, everything that I'm reading, everything that we're seeing, everything that's been reported just kind of puts Reynoso in a worse and worse light. It's becoming more and more obvious that he just doesn't want to return. Obviously, we don't necessarily know what that reason is and why he's not coming back and why he doesn't want to play with us. But it does, it brings up a lot of questions in players' minds and coaches' minds and fans' minds because all we can do really is speculate at this point. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what's going on inside his head. We don't know what's happening uh, behind the scenes between him and Heath and him and the organization. Um, so obviously I don't know what's going to happen with this contract situation. I don't know very much at all about these MLS roster rules. They are confusing as all wildly complicated. And, yeah. Yeah. We could use a little Jacob Schneider on the podcast right now. <laughs> um, but if there's anything that we can do, to get a DP spot back, to not have to pay his salary, to just maybe force him back so that we can sell him off to another team in another league, maybe back to Boca Juniors uh, if he wants to stay in Argentina. We should definitely be exploring those options. Yeah. And I'm glad this, that we are. This was sort of the subject of uh, of my Loon's Daily newsletter, which if you have not subscribed to, you can do so in the show notes on YouTube or the podcast feed. And, uh, you know, I included some quotes that we have been getting from the team regarding this uh, particular subject as well. You know, to be quite honest, they seem kind of sick of, of talking about it. But at the same time, when you're when your best player is out for an extended period of time as media, we have to ask the questions and we have to, you know, try to try to get any updates that we can on the situation as often as we can. Um, and, you know, Adrian Heath has said, you know, they're not going as far to say, or just relating back to the conversation that we had, you know, five or so minutes ago, is this team actually better off without Ray? Um, the team isn't going that far quite yet. You know, Adrian Heath has been quoted as saying, there's not a team in this league that wouldn't benefit and be better with a fit and healthy Emmanuel Reynoso. Um, and we talked to Will Trapp earlier this week. Um, and he said, Reynoso is a guy that undoubtedly his quality is missed. He said, but Will Trapp did go on to say, quote, I think our group has done an amazing job to assume responsibility and take the onus on ourselves. 
So, you know, that is something we that's kind of aligns with kind of the, the pros of the situation that we discussed. This team is really coming together. They're a collective unit. They're holding each other more accountable. You know, Kamar Lawrence a few months or a few weeks ago used the word togetherness and said there is a different sense of, you know, the team, you know, the team accountability factor where they're expecting more of every single, every other person on the team, you know, amongst each other, you know, of what, how, the, you know, how much effort they give on the training ground how much, you know, how much effort they put in their, you know, their nutrition, their everything going on off the field as well. And obviously what happens on game days, there seems, there seems to be a more camaraderie, but a more accountability around this group, um, which is good to see. Uh, but as far as this information goes and Reynoso's future with the team, you know, if they extend his suspension through the remainder of his contract, um, I'm not sure that will increase his desire or want to, or to come back or, you know, make the relationship between player and club any more uh, symbiotic, if you will. So uh, that is the latest on Amina Reynoso. Again, that was also in our Loons Daily newsletter uh, today. So if you want to go check out, check that out and subscribe, um, should be posted to the website by the time you hear this, you can check that out for free on the website. Um, and then if you want to get more Minnesota United news every single day, you make sure you subscribe saloons daily all right uh that is really it for first team minnesota united news uh we will get to mnufc2 the minnesota united academy um you know signings for usl league 2 and uslw league teams us open cup plenty to get to on the show in just a minute but now i'm going to chat about our friends over at stimulus athletic Stimulusathletic.com. If you're not watching and you're listening it is spelled s-t-i-m-u-l-u-s athletic.com if you are a coach, an owner, you're in a, I guess, for lack of a better term, a decision-making position for a club at the youth level, at the lower league level, you know, amateur club, semi-pro club, whatever it is, um, your team deserves custom jerseys. Your team deserves jerseys that your players and your community can be proud of. And that is what Stimulus Athletic provides. It's not the plain Nike jerseys that you've been wearing for the last three years. It's not It's not training tops. It's not pennies. These are jerseys that are honestly, a lot of Stimulus's designs, better than what you see in the pros, better than what you see in the Premier League, better than what you see in MLS. Um, and you can, with Stimulus, design your own jerseys as well. I'm actually going to bring something up here for those who are watching. Uh, let's see. Let's go here. All right. So this is stimulusathletic.com. Now I'm going to click on design your own soccer jerseys. With stimulus, you can be your own designer. You can go on the website here, pick kind of a base pattern that you want. So let's just go, let's, let's go with this one. Yep. Boom, boom. I like that. Let's customize, shall we? So we're going to take this kit, this already great looking kit, and we're going to customize this right here on Stimulus's website. Have you ever been to Nike's website and like, you know, you know, customized a, a shoe before? This, this, it's, this is that, but for jerseys. So I can change the colors. I can go here. I can go here. And I can go here. You know, or I can, maybe maybe I don't want the blue color scheme. Maybe I want a little bit of pink in there. Maybe I want a little bit of, of purple in there. Maybe I want, maybe I want this to be white. Where did I find white? There we go. Boom. There you go. I've just, you know, any color scheme you want, any base pattern you want, you do this 
And then you add your logos, your sponsor logos, your, your team logos. You can put them on the front, on the sleeve, on the back. Doesn't matter. And then boom. In 10 minutes, you have your own custom design kit that you designed, that you put together. You took your team identity and you put it on a kit. No designer needed. Stimulus has great designers. So if you want them to give you a custom look, they can 100% do that. But if you want to give your team the look, if you want to design your team's jerseys, if you want to be the one, you know, with the power in your hands to show, you know, show your team's identity and design your jerseys for 2023, go to stimulusathletic.com and click that design your own button and just play around. It is free to play around. It is free to kind of check out your, you know, their design your own selection. You add to cart, you add your names and numbers that you want, sizes, and boom, you are good to go with Stimulus Athletic. It is that easy. So, stimulusathletic.com, click design your own, play around, and get started today. And while you are there, let them know that Jeremy and Carter from the 10,000 Pitches Podcast sent you over there. Big thanks to our friends at Stimulus Athletic for supporting the show. All right, let's talk, uh, let's talk doubloons, shall we? Minnesota United's first team, not the only Loons team that is undefeated to start the 2023 campaign. It was a 3-1 to win over St. Louis, a comeback win for the Dubloons as well. Fred Emmings makes an early save to keep it nil-nil. Um, you know, he does allow one, but he has been very impressive to start the campaign for MNUFC2. Uh, Colombian Juan Camilo Mosquera scores his first MNUFC2 goal to equalize in the 66th. Cameron Dunbar with a banger free kick actually won MLS Next Pro goal of the match day for match day two. Um, if you haven't seen this highlight, go check it out. It was an absolute worldie from Dunbar. And then as impressive as the free kick was, this to me was the highlight of the match. Uh, Lewis Masanvi tiptoeing the end line, feed, feeding Pacheco, right in front of goal for the dagger in the 90th minute. It's Pacheco's third goal of the year. Masanvi's second assist already on the year. And just an amazing job dribbling, tiptoeing that end line and finding Pacheco. This MNUFC2 team, I don't I don't think these results are flukes. Going on the road, dominating RSL, or, or excuse me, Real Monarchs, dominating St. Louis City 2. I am really excited and optimistic with what I have seen from this Dubloons team to start the 2023 campaign. A lot of great players doing great things. It also makes you optimistic for the future of the Minnesota United organization as a whole. All these young kids making nearly immediate impacts. Yeah, it's been fantastic seeing everyone get their minutes and just make the most of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, With Cameron Dunbar, that oh, absolute banger. I'm going to have to disagree. That is definitely the moment of the match for me. That was a beautiful free kick. It was. It makes me excited for when we're able to integrate him into the first team, when we need him to step up if there's injuries or such. I'm not that worried when we have him there. Um, and it's not just you and I that are high on MNUFC2. Uh, they're rated number one in the pro MLS Next Pro Power Rankings on MLSsoccer.com. Yep. So we're off to a strong start. And it's not something that I anticipate is going to fall off. It's not something that I think is a fluke. Like you said, we are – looking at a very strong doubloons team this year. Yeah, they're they're very strong. A lot of great players. Also a great opportunity for guys like Joseph Rosales and, as you mentioned, Cameron Dunbar to sort of get minutes 
uh, mm-hmm. this season as well, because they will obviously be needed as the season goes on, especially when you get into Open Cup time, when you get into Leagues Cup, when you get into kind of like those dog days of August and September where guys are banged up, guys picking up knocks, you know, guys just need rest. Um, you know, those guys are going to be needed and getting minutes at the next pro level will, you know, theoretically keep them sharp enough to uh, to make an impact once they're needed on the first team level. So really good start for MNUFC two. Um, hopefully they can keep it rolling as the campaign goes on. Um, but to go down to the academy level here, this past weekend was the Generation Adidas Cup down in Florida. Uh, both balloons U15 and U17 sides participating. Um, neither side made it, made it out of group play, unfortunately. But the U15s did go 0-2-1 in group play. They fell to FC Norgellin 4-0. They drew Houston Dynamo 1-1 before falling in P- before eventually falling in PKs to the Dynamo. And then they finished up with a 2-1 loss to Orlando City. The U17s went 1-2-0, so they were able to get a win on the campaign. They, and that was actually their opening match. They blanked host IMG Academy 2-0, then fell 2-0 to the Union, and then finished up with a 1-0 loss to Houston. Um, you know, Even though necessarily the, the results weren't maybe what we were hoping for getting out of the group stage, this is still a tournament that includes teams from, you know, from Manchester United, from you know just uh, all, all around the world coming in to take on MLS Academy sides. Um, you know, Austin FC's Academy was involved. Uh, you know, they have Micah Burton. Um, just a, a really good opportunity for some of these kids to go and and compete against top-level competition from around the globe. And it's really cool to see that global, it's almost like US versus the world, if you will, if you want to make that, if you want to make that uh sort of comparison where it's a you know, these MLS academies taking on academies globally. Um, really cool opportunity. And uh honestly, some of these matches were fun to watch. I watched Minnesota's match against IMG. Um, you know, that was fun to watch, see some of these Academy kids do their thing. So, um, you know, just, just a cool platform. It's cool to see Minnesota was involved. Yeah, definitely something to keep your eye on. It's nice seeing all these MLS teams playing against these top academies across the world. And it's going to be great for MLS's growth in the future, just allowing them to work their academies. All right, let's go down and talk lower league news. Uh, signings in both USL League Two and USLW League, kind of local scenes. Uh, on the League Two side, Minneapolis City signed American University defender Colin Conacher and University of Evansville commit Baraka Tarleton, uh, while Rochester FC signed Brazilian defender Andre Silva, who previously played for the club in the UPSL and uh, attends Bethany Lutheran. And then Drake University's Juan Lopez Artiega also signed for the team. He previously played for pro and semi-pro clubs in Mexico. And then on the W League side, Minnesota Aurora continuing to fill out the roster. They were signed, uh, re-signed Ariana Del Moral, Morgan Stone, and they have a new signing, a new big signing for Minnesota Aurora this year. Uh, Vienna Benke, a UW Milwaukee alum with multiple years of professional experience playing in Iceland. You know, we're seeing former pros now joining this Minnesota Aurora team, whether it's you know WSL experience or professional experience abroad. Um, really. I mean, it's really cool to see Aurora filling the roster out the way they are. Obviously, they're looking to take that next step and hoist the trophy in 2023. And then on Rochester's side, as they prepare for their inaugural W League season, they sign Eduardo Cristina, who plays for Lincoln Trail College and has club experience in Brazil. Uh, Belize International and Campbellsville University player Jada Brown uh, joins Rochester, along with Mayo High School junior Jennifer Reyna. And then finally, on the MPSL side, we have Duluth announcing their first signings of 2023, both returning players with defender Sean Gantley and Paul Bobai. And then Dakota Fusion 
um, continue their long list of international signings with a notable local signing with the fusion adding Colombian Edward Burgess of Milligan University, Dutchman Emil Newwolf of LSU Shreveport, Australian Ben Nicholson of Seton Hall, Hungarian Mate Lengel of Milligan University, as well as Dylan Ellingson of Monacan, North Dakota. He plays D2 soccer at Lake Erie. Um, this is kind of the time of the year, Carter, where we get all these signings, these teams starting to fill out their roster. Anything, anything notable to you from this group? I think the biggest thing that we can touch on here is the USLW signings. And it just shows yeah. the spectrum that the league is on when you see players like a high school junior and Jennifer Reyna signing for a team. But then you also see players like Vienna Benke who have that professional experience. And it really just shows you like how big this USLW league is and what it does bring to these areas, just mm-hmm. allowing people to develop at the high school level, even just getting to train with all of these professional players, but also seeing teams like Aurora just really dig in there and try and obviously try and win this year by signing these professionals. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big commitment to the squad and it's a big commitment to, you know, taking that next step Um, and sort of still being that beacon for women's soccer that people want to go to be a part of, you know, they want to be a part of what Aurora is doing, obviously. So um, really cool that they're continuing that here in 2023. Now is where we get to talk U S open cup Carter. And this is this is going to be fun because there were so many cup sets in the second round. Uh, let's start it off with a little local flavor. McQuelli Akale, Minneapolis' own, with an assist in Tormenta's 2-1 win over Rio Grande Valley. That's a USL uh, League One team beating a USL championship team. And I would argue, Carter, I mean, th- I think what we have seen here, I'm not a big, I'm not going to beat the drum for Pro-Rel on Twitter and all this stuff, but to me, USL needs something like Pro-Rel between USL League One and the USL Championship, because this is now the second year in a row where we have seen League One sides, for the most part, get the better of USL Championship teams in these matchups. And you look at this and it's like, man, the top half of USL League One may be better than the bottom half of the USL Championship. These teams like Union Omaha, like Tormenta, you know, they deserve an opportunity to kind of move up the ladder a rung and test them, test themselves against the championship clubs. Don't they? Yeah. You might not beat the drum, but I'm willing to beat this drum. Yeah. I think that Perel really needs a chance at the very least mm-hmm. in the United States pyramid. And I think introducing it between USL one and USLC is the best way to get it started and to just proof of concept it. Yeah. Because like you said, these USL one teams are consistently getting results over USLC teams. So I don't, think that there's much of a talent disparity between the teams. No. Like, obviously, if you take the top of USLC and the bottom of USL1, you're going to see some problems. But, like, that's why promotion is usually only the top three teams and relegating yeah. the bottom three teams. It allows these teams to prove what they are and just mm-hmm. gives them something to build towards other than knocking off some ULC teams and some MLS teams in the Open Cup yeah. every year. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you can't you can't tell me Union Omaha, who we'll get to in a second, is not a contender in the USL Championship if they were to move up with the roster they currently have. I just I just think that's like I don't know. It just seems like a no brainer to me. Um, some more local ties: Des Moines Menace of USL League Two. Uh, they fall to Chattanooga FC four to one in the second round. But talk about cup sets. The aforementioned Union Omaha. I mean, just blasting El Paso Locomotive 2-0. This thing wasn't even close. It was dominated by Omaha the entire way. Again, this is a League One team. I guess a championship team. Uh, 2-0 the final there. 
Northern Colorado beats the Colorado Switchbacks. Another League One over championship team. Um, NPSL side, Tulsa Athletic, knockoff USL championship FC Tulsa, which which was the biggest upset of the weekend. Mm. But it came this close to being outdone, Carter. This close to being outdone. Crossfire Redmond. Uh, you probably have never heard of Crossfire Redmond before, before this week. They're an NPSL side based out of Seattle. They took a 2-0 lead into the 81st minute over defending Open Cup finalist Sacramento Republic. Sacramento scored goals in the 81st and 85th to tie it up and send it into added extra time. In added extra time, we saw five total goals in this one. Crossfire take the lead in the 93rd. Sacramento equalize in the 97th. Sacramento go ahead in the 105th. Crossfire equalize in the 111th. And then the Republic score the winner in the 113th minute. Absolutely wild. I mean, this may have been, if this happened, this would have been up there for biggest upsets in the history of this tournament because I mean, who, who had heard of crossfire Redmond before this week and you're going up against a defending, I guess they're, they get, they're not a, U, I get they're, they're a USL championship team and not an MLS team, but they made the final of the tournament just last year. And they almost go out in the first round. This had some serious like NCAA tournament 16 over one upset vibes happening here. It didn't quite happen. But man, this is kind of that that excitement that the Open Cup brings that you really can't match anywhere else. Yeah, Open Cup season is always my favorite season of the year. It's so mm-hmm. fun watching all these lower league teams just really get to prove their mettle against these higher teams. And yep. like you said, you get some bangers of some games with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Um, you know, this, these early rounds are so much fun to watch and see. You know, if teams from lower league, some you know, if amateur teams you know, can make it through like a Tulsa athletic knocking off their USL championship counterparts in Tulsa. Um, cool to see. Um, and you know, you'll notice a name we didn't mention in the run of matches is forward Madison. They were supposed to play their second round match this week, hosting Chicago house AC, but the match was postponed due to severe weather. Um, they will now play Tuesday, April 11th, which means they'll actually go into their second round match knowing who they'd play in the third round if they were to win, because the draw is tonight as we're recording 5.30 PM central time on Thursday. Um, so we will know uh, for Madison. will know if they do beat Chicago house AC, they'll know immediately who they play in the third round, which could be another matchup against Minnesota United, you know, possible MNUFC third round matchups. The third round is when Minnesota are joining the tournament. Um, and so possible matchups for them include, Yes, this is going to give you, uh, you know, so the heebie-jeebies. Union Omaha is in play for this. Uh, it could be the Madison Chicago winner. Could be rich. Could be the Richmond Cleveland winner, which is another second round match that still needs to be played next week. Um, could be Indy Eleven, which would be kind of cool. Uh, could be Louisville City, which would be really cool. Could be Tulsa Athletic and then PSL team. So, uh, you know, there are there are a number of different you know potential fun matchups from different leagues. Is there anyone that you're sort of hoping to see over the others here, Carter? I think if I had to choose, I'm going to give a top three. I would love to see us play Union Omaha again and just kind of blow them out of the water, hopefully. I don't don't think many many Loons fans would agree with you there. I think they want to avoid Union Omaha as much as humanly possible. But go ahead. Um, Ford-Madison obviously would be an exciting matchup to see, that Minnesota-Wisconsin rivalry. Um, and then I'd love the chance to watch Louisville City. Obviously, they have Joshua Widner, so it'd be amazing to see him play just in person and mm-hmm. prove his medal against an MLS team and 
really give uh, fans of American soccer a chance to, you know, see what he's got. Yeah, I think the number one, the number one matchup for me would be Indy, kind of rekindling mm. the old uh, the old rivalry back in the NASL days. Um, I think you know the Madison Chicago winner would be cool, whether it's Ford Madison. I mean, if it's Chicago, even better, kind of a new fresh matchup. But even if it is Madison, you know, uh, the second straight year having that matchup would kind of you know provide a little bit of a, a rivalry aspect to that if it's able to happen a little more often so i'm with you there um and then I'm, I'm with you with louisville city i think that's just another fresh matchup a usl championship team a really good usl championship team if they go down to louisville that's a really good environment like an mls caliber stadium um mm-hmm. that they'd be playing in you know a proper you know not not saying any of these other teams don't play in proper environments but you know there would be there'd be twelve to fifteen thousand people there uh cheering against minnesota united so it would be a pretty pretty raucous environment for them to play in which which could be a lot of fun if that does end up happening so yeah i would say my top three are probably indy the madison chicago winner and uh and louisville city for uh, minnesota there but uh we'll have to see again 5 30 central time on thursday so if you're listening to the podcast on friday or after we already know who minnesota is going to take on in the third round so this conversation is moot to you but another perk to becoming a patreon at patreon.com slash soda soccer um the content is not outdated if you if you tune in on patreon so there you go uh, all right now, jeremy with the open cup do you yeah. think minnesota prioritizes it this season you know that's interesting that's interesting to think about i think they'll always prioritize league play over open mm-hmm. cup but does the undefeated start in league play maybe give adrian heath the feeling of we have a bit of a buffer here where maybe we can devote a little more resources we're not scrounging for points in in league play at this point we're in a pretty good spot does that allow a little bit more freedom and a little bit more comfortability to say hey okay we can devote maybe um a few more guys or maybe give our normal starters a few extra minutes in these games and the loss to union omaha last year does that play into hey let's take these games a little more seriously you know no i'm gonna say this it's not meant as disrespect you know is there a better chance that Minnesota makes a run at U.S. Open Cup as opposed to MLS Cup this year? I would argue yes. So with even with how good they've been in league play, so there's that aspect to it as well. Um, so we'll have to see. But I think I think either way, even if it's more, hey, we see the depth options for the U.S. Open Cup. I think the Vancouver match saw that. You know, if we have to call up a couple guys and piece a few guys in and play guys that are normally on the bench, put them in at starting, this team has some really quality depth this year that maybe they didn't have last year as well. And I think even if they maybe don't devote, devote as many resources to the Open Cup matches as they would with MLS, I still think they have, they're in a better spot this year to make a deeper run than they were last year with how the team was built. Absolutely. All right. It's picks time. Presented by our friends at Better Edge. Um, no MLS around the league picks this year. We are going to stick strictly with Minnesota and Chicago in this one. And let me bring up, bring up the banner here so I can show the people betteredge.com slash loons is the link. If you go to betteredge.com slash loons as B E T T O R edge.com slash loons, and you sign up with that link, you'll notice boom, 20 bucks just shows up in your account. You don't have, you didn't have, you don't have to make a deposit yourself to get that 20 bucks. You don't have to do anything else. Just sign up with that code. You'll get $20 in your account. If you say, okay, yep, the 20 bucks is great, but I really don't, I'm really not comfortable wagering money. I'm really not comfortable spending this $20. That's fine. There are free 
versions of things you can do as well. They have EdgeCoin at BetterEdge.com, which means it's basically play money. You can make picks, make selections, make, you know, do that sort of thing. Enter our MLS Pick'em contest and not wager real money. You can use the EdgeCoin. That's perfectly fine. So again, BetterEdge.com slash loons. 20 bucks in your account for free there. Big thanks to our friends at Better Edge. All right. Our pick from Minnesota United and the fire. The loons are actually big underdogs on the road in this one, plus 300, which means you get three to one back on your bet. You bet 10 bucks on the loons to win. They win. You'll make $30 on that bet. You bet a hundred bucks on the loons to win. They win. You get $300 back on that bet. So consider that there. Um, The over-under is also two and a half total goals. I have two picks I really like in this one. I think I made one and you made the other. Um, So I will go first. I think it's the obvious one. I'm taking the obvious one. I'm picking Minnesota to win on the road. Three wins and three road matches this year. Chicago has been kind of a mixed bag. Um, Even if Shakiri and Gutierrez are in the lineup together, Minnesota, I think, has the defensive quality to keep them off the board. We saw what happened with Joao Klaus against St. Louis, where he was really a non-factor in that one. We saw it happen against Dallas. Where you know Jesus Ferreira, Sebastian Legette, you know Alan Velasco, non-factors for Dallas in that opener. You know we've seen them neutralize the opponents' best players numerous times uh, so far this season. I can't imagine that would be any different uh, against Chicago. I think it's you know safe to predict that it wouldn't be any different in Chicago. Again, the fire could could prove us wrong, but I think for what we've seen, past indicator, best indicator of future behavior, Shakiri's underperformed a little bit for Chicago. Minnesota has been very good defensively. Um, I think that that bodes well for Minnesota in this one, even if Shakiri is back. I'm picking Minnesota to win plus 300. What about you? So I am going with the over on the over two and a half. Uh, it's interesting that we haven't really seen that two and a half change throughout the Lunar that's season. A pretty, it, it's a pretty standard over under. It is. If it's, if it's really two defensively minded teams, you may see a drop down to one and a half. If they think it's going to be a goal fest, you may see it go up to three and a half. But the the total goals line in soccer, or at least in MLS specifically, does not really fluctuate. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely seeing like a 2-1 Loons win here. I think yeah. that Chicago has enough firepower to at least get one past us, especially with those three goals they scored against Cincinnati, the three they scored against Miami. I, I think they're good for probably at least one against us. But I also do see the Loons really finally getting their chances. I think everything finally starts to gel. I think we put at least two past Chicago this week. So we are going to officially put our picks in after we are done recording here. I am taking Minnesota to win. Carter taking over two and a half goals. Whether you agree or disagree with us, you can join us and make your picks at betteredge.com. And again, one more time, betteredge.com slash loons gets you 20 bucks in your account for free. No, no, uh, nothing additional necessary to get that bonus. So check them out. Betteredge.com slash loons. Big thanks to better edge for helping us out here on the 10,000 pitches podcast. I'm looking at the notes here. We have come to the end of the episode, Carter, any any parting words, any final thoughts for the fine people watching and listening out there? If you haven't been watching the Open Cup, you're missing out. Check it out. Check it out indeed. Uh, can't wait to see who the Loons uh, are matched up with in the third round. Could be very interesting. Again, that draw tonight at 530. Bleacher Report, the BR app. 
I'm not going to go into any additional details on how I feel about the presentation of the Open Cup this year and the the streams and whatnot. Uh, that's another conversation for another day. But um, yeah, that's coming up. And of course, you got Minnesota Chicago on Saturday, 7:30 Central Time. About 10:30 p.m. Central Time is when we'll go live with post loons. So make sure you're checking that out as well. Big thanks to everybody who's watching, listening, contributing. Patreon.com slash SodaSoccer if you want to support our work. SodaSoccer.com to check out all the written work that we were doing there. For Carter Hofer, I'm Jeremy Rushing. This has been the 10,000 Pitches Podcast. We will see you next time. Bye.